This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from 11 to 1. Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Here is Libby Snymer. Welcome back. I'm going to give out the numbers to call because I'm sure you're going to have some questions for our next guests on a very important topic. The numbers, once again, 416-360-0740 or 1-866-740-4740. And it is a shocking statistic. Half of Canadians with chronic illnesses do not take their medications as prescribed. And this is while a huge number of all of us in the Zoomer demographic are prescribed two, three, and four different drugs to keep their health on track. There's a huge cost of this to this in terms of extra hospitalizations, seven to nine billion dollars a year, not to mention people's health. Well, CARP and Shoppers Drug Mart have teamed up to look at how to address this. And I'm here with John Papasturgio, who is a Shoppers Drug Mart pharmacist, and Wanda Morris, our VP of Advocacy at CARP. Welcome, guys. It's good to be back, Libby. Oh, pleasure to be here. Okay, uh, John, tell us what you found. It's a, it's a huge issue. I mean, as a practicing pharmacist, and if you speak to any pharmacist, they're not surprised by these numbers. Patients just don't take the medication the way they're supposed to. And we know that patients that are taking chronic medications, generally by about six months, they start to become non-adherent. So what that means is they just, they're either not taking it the way the physician directed, they're having some issues with the medication and they're starting to manage the therapy on their own. And that's not a good thing because uh, really what we want patients to do is take the medications, collaborate with their, you know, pharmacists, their their physicians, and try to get the best possible outcomes. And, we, you know, those numbers you, you reported, they were staggering. And that's what happens when you're non-adherent with your medications. Uh, you know, take, for example, um, you know, an anticoagulant. You take it if you've had a stroke or something like that. Patients tend to forget some doses here and there, you know. I know I do often. All the time. And if As soon as I'm not really sick, as soon as I feel better a bit, I start forgetting. You start forgetting, and, and, and that's exactly what happens. And then, bam, you have a major event, and you're, you're in the ER, you're, you know, you got to go back to your physician, and then, you're, you know, you're starting from scratch. And, and that's what, you know, our role as pharmacists, as it expands, we're really getting involved in and educating patients about the importance of, uh, you know, when to take their medication, how to take it, and then become more actively involved in adherence. And I could talk a little bit about that but, as well. Okay, but it's it's not just a matter of sometimes forgetting. Sometimes people are doing this because they're having kind of icky side effects, and, and they're thinking that they can manage it a bit on their own by skipping a dose here and there, right? Yeah, so I, I've actually kind of broken it down to kind of the reasons I think patients are not adherent. The first thing, the, one of the first reasons, complex regimens. So they're on multiple medications. It's just confusing. They don't know how to administer it themselves. Some things are once daily, some, some twice or three times daily, and they're having challenges that way. Another big reason is exactly what you said, uh, side effects. So they're not tolerating a medication well. Um, they don't have any good strategies themselves on how to manage it. So they think, hey, if I reduce the dose or if I skip a couple of doses, I'll manage it better. And we see that all the time. 
Uh, third big one is uh, chronic diseases that don't have any symptoms. So uh, diabetes, uh, hypertension, for example. Generally, well, diabetes doesn't have symptoms as long as you're taking your meds. meds. Yeah. So, I mean, if or early on in the disease, you may have high blood sugar, but you don't feel unwell, right? Same thing with high blood pressure. You, you could have high blood pressure. I mean, you could have high blood pressure. Now, we don't really feel any different. The problem is if you don't manage that condition. So these patients say, I feel well. I'm going to skip a few doses or I'm not going to take it this week, you know. Uh, and what happens is then you get the, out, the, the poor outcomes heart attacks with, you know, with uncontrolled diabetes, you get things like amputations, increases your risk for cardiovascular events, things like that. So that's another huge, so when we talk about chronic disease, we're trying to prevent those bad things from happening down the line. But if you're not taking your medication uh, appropriately early on, you're going to reduce the chances of that happening. Um, the other thing are memory issues. I mean, as patients get older, some of them, you know, they, they, they have certain diseases that predispose them to cognitive issues. And those patients, uh, unfortunately, they're, they're, they have trouble juggling all the medications, and we have strategies for that as well. Okay, Wanda, how did CARP get involved with this? Uh, well, CARP's been a real supporter of transforming the way that healthcare is delivered. Our members are, are really uh, concerned about delivering healthcare as 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 well and as cost effectively as possible. Um, what we know is that there are are direct costs uh, not only to the system but in terms of what our members suffer when someone uh, is medically non-compliant. You know, an individual could end up with a stroke, which. You know, has a, a, obviously a significant financial cost, but more importantly, the the cost to that individual and the chance of them uh, recovering their quality of life are, are you know significantly reduced. So, so CARP is really supportive of uh, increasing the role of pharmacists in making sure that uh, that all seniors are members are compliant. Okay, now I, I just want to give the numbers again. If you have some questions about managing your medications and and being what. Uh, you call compliant, taking them as prescribed and why it might be difficult for you. The numbers again, 416-360-0740 or 1-866-740-4740. Okay, so John, we know the problem. Uh, what are some of the solutions? So, and I think this is where the pharmacist could play a, a really important role. And this is why I urge you know, uh, patients that are having challenges, reach out to your community pharmacist because they're well, they're well prepared to handle these issues. One of the first things that we, you, you could do in Ontario is sit down with your pharmacist and conduct a medication review. Uh, that's something you could do in Ontario. Pharmacists will take 20 or 30 minutes um, and really assess why are you on certain medications? Are you having any side effects? Are there any reasons you're being non-adherent? Uh, you got to remember, in a community pharmacy, we could tell if you're not adherent because we, for the most part, because you're not generally filling your your prescriptions on time. That being said, some patients may fill it on time and just never take it. That's another issue. But um, we have some insight, at least, to whether patients are, are being compliant or not. So that medication review, very, very important. I urge uh, uh, patients that are having challenges, reach out to your pharmacist, do that. Something else that we offer in community pharmacy is uh, patient uh, uh, refill reminder calls. And we do this either by email. You have an opportunity to to uh, uh, renew your prescription by email. Uh, many pharmacies... That's teams, a great idea. Yeah, yeah. We'll proactively call patients that are... Uh, 
you know, are coming up to their due date on their prescription, especially for chronic medications. And at Chopper's Drug Mart, we've launched something called the Patient uh, Contact Center. It's great. It's actually a call center where um, there's a team of pharmacists there that proactively call patients across Canada when their prescriptions are due and remind them. And, and, and they could actually have the ability from the call center to put that prescription through. It's great for us at store level because it gives us the opportunity to focus on the patients, whereas the call center is making all these calls. It's been very positively received, and we actually have some outcome data now to suggest that patients that have received the service, their adherence is going up. So it's a, it's a, great, it's a great tool. Other thing we do in community pharmacies, compliance packs. I'm sure you've seen those oh, before. Those are like, that's what I was going to ask, that you get a, a kind of a blister pack. Absolutely, yeah. We do it for, for patients weekly. It takes all the hassle out, uh, you know, all the worry from the patient or the caregiver from having to fill this stuff out. We get it, we get it uh, done for them. We make sure everything's in the right spot. We make sure that drugs that interact potentially aren't in the same slots. Um, and we're, we're more actively involved in managing the medications uh, uh, that way. It's a great service. If you've, if you've got any issues with uh, remembering when to take your medication, reach out to your community pharmacist and have a compliance pack set up because it is, it is very, very useful. Yeah, I mean, they do that in uh, nursing homes, for example. Absolutely, yeah. It's yeah. commonly dispensed that way. And then in Ontario, as our scope of practice has changed, and, and we're lucky enough now that pharmacists can um, adapt prescriptions. Right, so if uh, if um, uh, you know someone's having a side effect due to a dose being too high, in in Ontario, pharmacists can adjust that, reduce the dose, uh, make a change, and it's uh, it's uh, uh, I think a, 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 a great thing that pharmacists can do here. And one of the things we're asking is that as scope changes in Ontario and other provinces, that we're able to do this uniformly across the country it would be great um, for us to have a you know a common scope. It's it's hard to do anything medically That's across right. the country <laughs> because healthcare is. Pre- provincial and uh, that's not always the case a good thing yep. um, is there anything that carp members told you that they particularly have trouble with mm-hmm. well there, there's a, a couple of issues that that affect our members uh, you know or, or um, some of our members are caring for their parents. So we have issues of, of people being, you know, for example, chemically restrained through excess use of medication. I mean, there's a really interesting article that came out uh, just yesterday from Andre Picard at the Globe and Mail talking about the over-medicalization of seniors. Uh, and I, I think it's that's... A huge, it's a huge... That is a huge issue... Uh, and um, one of the things on the other side of what you're saying, you know, you're, you're talking about people not adhering to meds they need, but there are all kinds of medications that people get that they should be on for a short period of time, but they end up on it for years. And, and um, there's a, a, an incredible, like a statistic about seniors who again have cognitive problems because of all the drugs they're on. Absolutely. And this is, there's a lot of interest in, in this area, in the pharmacy world. It's called deprescribing. It's the actual yes. opposite of what we're used to doing. So sitting down with your pharmacist and doing that medication review, one of the things we try to engage pharmacists on is have a look at what you could take away. Many patients will go to, you know, multiple physicians and they'll get at, you know, they'll get things added to their profile five or six years ago. And there's no need for them to be on now, but no one discontinues it. And the patient thinks, hey, it's status quo, I'll keep taking it. So a huge area of research uh, being undertaken in this area. And I think uh, um, pharmacists now are really becoming more actively involved in, in de-prescribing. So uh, hopefully we start seeing more of this and, and we can address issues uh, uh, like the one we just talked about. Okay, uh, let's go to the phones. And we have Donna in Kingston. Hi, Donna. Hi, How are you? Um, 
Well, I'm a little upset about a medicine that I was on for quite a while that was perfect for me, and now they're trying to change it to something that's really bad. Which medication was it? And uh, I think it's wrong. It's a good idea that they're doing this because a lot of the seniors, I, I can't believe they were going to all different doctors. Doesn't the OHIP show that? Uh, okay, Donna, uh, John was uh, trying to get a handle on your problem. What medication? It was, it was a painkiller. Called? That I was supposed to take four a day. Every, one every six hours, but I only took like one to one and a half. What painkiller was it? Um, it's a narcotic. A narcotic. Yeah. So were they trying to re- reduce the amount you were taking? Retired, and oh. I had a young doctor. They said, oh, no, there's a new one that's going to replace that. And I did research on the new one, and it's uh, synthetic chemicals that causes cancer. It's really bad. I, you know, I, I mean, this seems a little odd to me. I mean, most of the, these these opioids or, or narcotics are synthetic. Generally, the ones that we dispense, anyways, are they're manufactured. Um, I'm wondering if the issue was uh, the new physician is trying to taper you off one and maybe lower the oh, amount no, that you're no, taking. The new or? physician uh, didn't want to do that. Just have like one a day. Only prescribed that many, like thirty in a month. Didn't even want to do that. Wanted to put this other drug. I can't remember the name. Yeah, it would help if I had the names. I maybe, know, it yeah. was advertised on an American station even. Was it a non-narcotic drug he was trying to put I you on, maybe? I it is. It's a new one. What, do you know any? There's so, there's so many. Maybe it was uh, gabapentin. Does that ring a bell? Oh, uh, that's not it. Uh, tramadol, maybe. But they, there's a few of them. I mean, I, I think the strategy they were trying to undertake there was possibly to get you off taking the narcotic and maybe on another agent that, that may not be as habit-forming or may not cause uh, as many side effects. Okay, um, we're going to have to take a quick break. Donna, thanks for your call, and uh, you should go and see your pharmacist and sort out exactly what what you're on and what they're going to try to put you on. Thanks a lot. Okay, we are going to take a quick break, and we will be right back after this. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from 11 to 1. Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Here is Libby Snymer. Welcome back. I'm going to give you the numbers before we start back again. 416-360-0740 or 1-866-744-740. I'm here with John Papasturgio and Wanda Morris, and we're talking about the problem of non-compliance with medication. What can happen if you don't take your meds as prescribed? I'm going to go right to the phones, and we have Bob in Toronto. Hello, Bob. Morning. How are you? I can't. Uh, we're having a hard time hearing you. Do you want to try speaking speak up? up? Yes. Would it be a good idea to put on the sheet that a drugstore gives you when you get a drug? Put on it what the dangers are if you don't take the drug as you're supposed to. So it's not a bad idea. Like we, typically, what we hand uh, we give patients is a kind of an information sheet tells you what the drug's for, some of the kind of common side effects. I've never seen that, but, you know, Bob, you may be on to something. You're okay. just, what happens if you miss or skip doses, you know? Okay, let me, let me be a naysayer here. Mm-hmm. How many people read those? <laughs> I imagine some, but, yeah, not everyone, definitely. I mean, I think it's more important to have that conversation with your, uh, with your pharmacist, and we, tr- we counsel uh, all patients with new prescriptions. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's not a bad idea, Bob. I, uh, you know, I've never really thought of that. Very good. Okay. 
do you have any any questions, or is that it? A good suggestion. Well, that'll be fine. Carry uh, on. Okay, <laughs> carry on. Thanks. We will. Thank Thanks, you. Bob. Okay. Uh, next, we are going to Rose in Bowmanville. Hi, Rose. Hi. <clears throat> How are you this morning? I'm fine. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Um, I've long thought that there's too much information on the little sticker that they put on the um, actual, you know, the, the tub, the cool. The pill bottle. The label. Yeah, and, that's it. <laughs> and, and the print is too small. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I mean. Very small. There's uh, some information. I, I deal at shoppers, and there's about a half an inch of, of information, which uh, maybe is too much for every little sticker. And there's two ro- two lines with what the um, product is, and not as much and not as big of what it is. And I, I think um, it would be a little better to redo them. So Re- redo the label. Great okay. feedback. There are a couple of issues. Uh, there are legal requirements to the prescription label as well. So we've, we're legally required to jam certain information on there. What we try to do with the label is make certain things stand out. The prescription number, the name of the patient, the instructions. Stay tuned. There are a few stores piloting new labels. I don't know where you get your prescriptions, but my, my store is one of them. And there's some color there to make things stand out as well. But um, uh, generally, we try... Uh, you know, we try to do the best that we can with those labels, but some of the information that there is mandated to be there as well. Okay, does that answer your question? Uh, not really. <laughs> <laughs> Larger uh, label so that more information with it on, because I've, I've talked to several uh, pharmacists about this, and they say, yes, it is a lot of information, and some of it even gets faded when you're you're handling it. If you're at Shoppers, actually, what you can do is ask your pharmacist for an auxiliary label. There's a, they can actually print the larger label label for you. That's an option, and and we do do that sometimes. But um, yeah, speak to your pharmacist about that if you're having trouble seeing it or whatnot. But it is it uh, it's something we we struggle with as well because there's different bottle sizes and sometimes you have a tiny bottle. bottle, Like there's not going to be. But we're working on some strategies. Stay tuned. I think uh, soon you'll see some changes to the label. Okay, Rose. Thanks so much for your call. Okay, you're welcome. Bye. Bye. Okay. We've got Karen in Bolton. Hi, Karen. Hi. How are you? Well, I'm good right now. How are you? I'm, I'm very well, thank you. My question is this. Uh, I'm taking two kinds of medication for uh, blood pressure. But on my, I just went and looked at my, at my bottle there, and it just simply says each day. It doesn't say a particular time of day. Is there any question about time of day? I've all, I usually take them in the morning together uh, every day at a certain time. Is that what you wanted people to do? Yeah, typically with the blood pressure medication, it is best to take it in the morning, and there's reasons for that. Uh, we know that uh, uh, blood pressure tends to spike in the morning. So uh, uh, my advice to patients is take it in the morning if you can. It's not the end of the world if you can. I would recommend taking it at the same time each day. So don't take it in the morning one day and the night the next day because you're, like, you're messing with the interval there. Um, do you know which offhand which ones you're on? I just want to make sure they're okay. I'm to be on taken. something called, it was called Norvac, but I think I have the um, so, generic one. Yeah, Amlodipine would be the generic yes, name. correct. And probably maybe an ACE inhibitor like Ramipril or something oh, like that. Oh, I'm on this other thing called, uh, it was called um, 
Oh, gosh. It's called Televarsatan. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So, I think yeah. it has another name, the, not Diavan, but... Some... Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's uh, yeah, an A or B. No problem. It's fine to take together. Both those are fine to take together. You can take them in the morning, just like I said. Uh, try to take it at the same time each day. Well, I'll tell you something interesting. I When I got this medication, the... Uh, uh, um, amylopidine. I asked uh, what I got it. They didn't give me any readout on it. And so I went back and I said, uh, I know in the past when I've gotten something, they oftentimes will give you the information as to what the drug is designed to do, etc. And she said, we've stopped doing that. Now, this is at my pharmacy. People were getting upset about some of the information on those sheets. Is that True? No, well, not at Chopper's Drug Mart. I mean, we, we give all uh, uh, new prescriptions a, a sheet like that. Um, uh, yeah, I had. I don't. Th- I think that may be specific to your pharmacy. I'm, right. I'm not sure what was going on over there, but um, if if you come to a shoppers, we'd be happy to give you one of those forms. So even though I'm not getting it there, I can go and say I'm taking this drug. Do you have information for me? Yeah, I'm sure the pharmacist would accommodate that. Okay. Yeah. Thank you very much. No problem. Okay. Bye. That's. I, I've always wondered. How do they come up with the names of these drugs? I wonder <laughs> Could that's it be a, more yeah. complicated? Oh, I, yeah, some of them, I, you know, I still can't pronounce. But, yeah, they're complicated. And, you know, it can be a source of confusion for the patients as well because drugs typically will have two names, a brand name and a generic, right? And we put them both on the label. Uh, but, you know, to, to, to the layperson, it's, it's confusing, and I totally get that, you know. Think of a drug like Lipitor. Its brand name is Lipitor, generics Atorvastatin, and then... You throw in the generic manufacturers as well, so the names can be complicated. So if you have any issues or concerns or you think you may have gotten the wrong medication or something doesn't look right, reach out to your pharmacist and just make sure before you take it. Yeah, always, always a very good uh, bit of advice. Uh, Now, here's another um, interesting and uh, very unsettling statistic and kind of makes sense that the more drugs someone is on, uh, the greater the risk that they will suffer what you're calling an adverse event. So, uh, and they have some numbers here, and this uh, from Andre Picard is: if you're taking two drugs, the likelihood is 13% of an adverse event. At four drugs, 38%. And if you take seven or more drugs, it jumps to 82%. Absolutely. And there's so many issues here, right? There's there's the issues around potential interactions once you get to so many medications and, and you know, being having problems that way. But then there's also the issues around administration and when do I take them and am I having problems with that? I, I don't know if you want to comment, but I, I think it's a huge issue. Uh, well, when I hear that level of risk, 82% if you're taking that many drugs, I would just encourage anybody that's listening that's on that uh, many drugs, if they haven't already, to go see their pharmacist and be checked out. That's just really the most effective way to use our medical system and we'd hate for anything bad to happen. Well, it's it's interesting, just a personal anecdote. Uh, someone I know who is very fit um, just had a stroke um, and it was the day after he had minor surgery and uh, then we found out that um, he had had a heart attack. So maybe it was all those drugs that and and it just come out of surgery. So sometimes, yeah, post surgery too, you're predisposed to clots, and uh, you know something, uh, you know, you get a clot and you get a stroke that manifests. That's that's uh, could be related, but it's a sad story. Yeah. Okay, well, the bottom line is check with your pharmacist, and your pharmacist will help you comply and take your medication as prescribed and keep you healthy and keep you out of that hospital. John Papasturgio, Wanda Morris, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having us.
You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from 11 to 1. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to 1. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to 1. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to 1. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.